Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back, everyone, to TFR. Today, we welcome Peter Boyce of General Catalyst and Rough Draft Ventures to talk the long-awaited topic of student-focused funds and investing. We will cover areas including an overview of Rough Draft's hypothesis and how they chose to launch a student-focused fund. We'll have Peter talk us through the process from early identification of a student and their idea to a funding close. We'll talk about how these student-focused funds aren't new, but how they're growing at such a fast rate and what he attributes the growth to. We'll also talk about the dorm room fund run by First Round Capital, and we'll get Peter's thoughts on what they're doing that are similar and or different than Rough Draft. We'll also talk about how he identifies student ambassadors on campus that further the mission of Rough Draft. I'll also ask Peter if he thinks that students are really ready to be CEOs or if they need more experienced team help or additional mentors and advisors. And we'll wrap up part one by talking about the biggest differences between the Rough Draft Ventures approach and the more traditional venture capital approach with non-student-run startups. All that and more on this great episode with Peter Boyce II. I had a great time chatting through this topic with him, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is. Today, Peter Boyce II joins us from New York City. Peter is an investor at General Catalyst Partners and founder of Rough Draft Ventures. And previously, Peter has worked for startups in edtech, fintech, and media. He's worked in tech-focused investment strategy at a hedge fund. And he also founded Harvard Ventures and Hack Harvard while attending school there. Peter, that's quite a breadth of experience. I can't wait to hear how such a young guy has done all that you have. Just doing the best I can. Thanks so much for having me. Now. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and also how you got involved in startup investing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I really, you know, spent a lot of my early career in, you know, in high school, basically helping fix computers. And I was kind of like the, the computer geek that everyone knew. Um, and when I got to college, I kind of, you know, answered the, you know, the, the calling from the community and what everyone kind of relied on me for. I spent a lot of time thinking through just, you know, how can I, you know, make technology and startups and computer science a, a part of my college experience and work together with a group of friends to create an on-campus accelerator program called Hack Harvard. Um, and that for me was, you know, I'd taken what I'd seen and, and learned and been a part of in the New York startup ecosystem and basically brought it to campus. And so what would it look like if you got a group of, you know, really smart folks together that wanted to work on side projects and, and startups together? And so, 
we created that in you know my sophomore year, and I think from that point on, when we hosted the the demo day in January, you know, the day before spring semester started, I kind of knew that I wanted to be involved with with startups. I wanted to help my friends build companies and and launch their ideas. And so, you know, I basically spent the rest of my time in school just trying to think through, you know, how can we expand this work? How do we how can we build on this? And it, you know, ultimately took me to joining a, another startup, spending my summers there called Skillshare here in New York. But also it helped me kind of connect the dots and, and, and gave me a way to engage the venture and startup community in Boston. So I spent a lot of time, you know, just getting amazing VCs and amazing, you know, founders and engineers back to campus to spend time with students and to, to get us supercharged to, to build companies. And so that's kind of how uh, I ended up uh, learning more about venture and uh, my first exposure. Out of curiosity, how did the, uh, the startups at that very first demo day for Hack Harvard turn out? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, one of the teams I'll, I'll, uh, I'll share, um, <laughs> you know, ended up taking some time from school, joined YC, I advised the company, uh, and then they ended up selling their company and then came back to campus. So the founder, uh, Merrill, came back to school and I actually was able to get him to join the Rough Draft Ventures student team. And what's amazing is his kind of story of building his company and, you know, his process of fundraising and navigating that was a huge part of what inspired me to start Rough Draft Ventures, to, to create a platform for empowering uh, and supporting student entrepreneurs. And so it was really fun to be a part of that early story. And then to have Merrill come back and uh, be a part of Rough Draft was, was really fun. What was that company, the, the YC company? It was called Polevolter. It was super slick and easy polling focused on tablet and mobile. So the idea is you could go into like a yogurt store or something like that, have a you know, nice little iPad right next to the register, click your favorite flavors, they can aggregate the feedback and the, the company can make better decisions. Cool. Love it. Love the name. And then how about uh, your sort of transition over to General Catalyst and then yeah. uh, founding Rough Draft? Can you talk about that just a bit? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, so you know, senior year, I figured, you know, I've got one more year left uh, in school um, and I, you know, created these student groups on campus and I figured I had time for one more project. And so was really excited to think through, you know, so how do we think about creating more support for student entrepreneurs? And the, the thing that was coming up time and time again was access to, to capital, access to mentorship and access to a peer community. And, you know, one of the things I was excited to do was try to figure out, okay, how can you know, a venture fund create a program to to support this kind of situation. That's not just a, a Harvard kind of uh, dynamic. I mean, any university has amazing folks that are interested in building companies. You know, how do you kind of get them the capital that goes above and beyond you know business plan competition, sure. but also didn't necessarily you know uh, necessitate dropping out of school, raising two million bucks. Because not everyone's ready for that. So. <laughs> We kind of used that as the framing to kind of architect uh, Rough Draft Ventures. And so I'd gotten to know the team at General Catalyst. You know, they were, they were champions for the student ecosystem in Boston. I spent a bunch of time with them. And so, you know, I kind of pitched them on this idea. And so basically spent, you know, the first few months of senior year kind of architecting the program. And then we launched it uh, December of 2012. We brought together the first students that basically act as kind of the core and we did our, you know, we made our first investment uh, January of 2013. And, uh, you know, the rest has kind of been history. And so the process of getting that off the ground with GC, you know, I, I fell in love with the team, fell in love with their their vision, their support for, for what I was doing. And so 
you know, when it came time to think about, you know, what I should do post-graduation, there, there couldn't have been a better, better fit. And so, you know, that was how I kind of joined the team at General Catalyst to continue to grow and expand the work we do with Rough Draft and also to join one of our two uh, and to be one of our two investors based in New York. And so I was really excited about GC's plan to really, you know, kind of create a full-time presence and build up our ecosystem in New York. And I'm originally from New York. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I can, I can have the, the two best jobs in the world in one. Awesome. Well, today I would love to focus on the rough draft side of things and sort of deep dive on the university and student focused uh, fun side. So first off, can you give an overview of your hypothesis here and also how you chose to launch that student focused fund? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of it was just kind of born from, you know, my experiences, you know, as a student working alongside friends that were building companies that were were navigating a lot of this for themselves. You know, they were thinking through, you know, what are the sources of capital? Where can we find mentors? How do we connect with VCs? You know, a lot of for a lot of uh, students, you know, they're first time founders if they start, you know, a side project or a company while they're on campus. And so there are a lot of kind of unanswered questions. And, you know, it's encouraging because I think a lot of dynamics today that are that are continuing to unfold make it even more and more advantageous for students to be able to find answers to their questions in building their first companies and also to get inspired and excited to kind of take control of their own destiny to, to build companies. And so I kind of saw and felt all this dynamic firsthand. And so when I thought through the, the thesis, you know, that the handful of pieces that I think were absolutely essential were... So number one, there's a there's a really awesome legacy of student entrepreneurs and, and folks that have built companies on campus. And whether, you know, you look at Mark Zuckerberg, you look at Bill Gates, Drew Houston, Evan Spiegel, um, you know, the founders from Morty Parker, you know, there's there's an amazing set of, of game changing companies that were built by young people hanging out in universities. So sure. I think it starts there. I think the second piece is just the role of, you know, kind of like content and and the fact that you can get a lot of answers about company building now. So there are blog posts, there's Hacker News, there's, you know, podcasts like yours that are increasingly helping entrepreneurs you know, and students kind of navigate what it could be to start a company. And to complement that, you also have a lot of a lot of kind of resources that are very unique to universities that I think make them really advantageous places to start companies. Right. So you've got classes. So you've got, you know, the rise of computer science across these universities, giving you know, students the skills to, to build products earlier and earlier. Yep. Two, you've got professors that can act as kind of you know, mentors and advisors. Also, the fact that like, the cost of starting up has come down so much. So whether it's you know, AWS, GitHub, Dropbox, Stripe, you know, the process of getting a software product up and off the ground and into the app store, into the hands of customers is, has come down significantly. Um, and every year it gets cheaper and cheaper. And so you know, students that are you know, enrolled can do more and more you know, on their nights and weekends. Um, and then also I think there's universities are increasingly playing a role in supporting folks that want to think through building companies, whereas historically that hasn't been the case, uh, uh, you know, in, a, in an even distributed way across universities. So I think when you take all those kind of dynamics together, you know, you, I think you have the recipe for something that is, you know, an insanely special ecosystem for big ideas to be started and created by amazing young people that are ambitious and, and really don't have, uh, you know, they don't have uh, really any bounds to their imagination around what's possible. And so I think that's a really, really amazing, amazing uh, platform for startup creation. Awesome. So I know there's a few different models here. There are these student-focused funds that kind of operate like a scout program and empower the students to find startups around campus and make investments themselves. 
Uh, there's student-focused funds where the investors do the evaluation and create sort of a, an incubator. Can you talk us through your process and how it works at Rough Draft uh, from you know very early identification of a student and, and their idea to uh, funding close? Yeah, absolutely. So, so our model is, is, is focused on a student team. They kind of represent a bunch of different schools, and they are the core of the program. You know, I was one of those students when we were starting the program. And, you know, the, the thinking here is that I think students have knowledge and relationships, and, you know, so many of them are looking for ways to, to support their peers and to basically be the connector, the help, the, you know, the early advisor to their friends that are building companies. And so Rough Draft kind of acts as a acts as a, a fund to, to basically support them, right? So they're the ones that are identifying really amazing, you know, uh, teams for us to, to work with. And so every Monday we get together as a group, the students invite in the best kind of two or three uh, startups that they've come across. We hear those pitches like any kind of uh, venture firm. And then the students basically come to decisions that evening. And so, you know, a big part of what we wanted to do is we wanted to make rough draft the venture model and the, and the process that we felt that students would definitely want to have, right? So really fast decisions, access to the capital on super friendly terms. We do uncapped notes. We do up to $25,000. And it's basically this kind of this, this core group of, of students that really have their, their fingers on the pulse of who's creating, you know, the best ideas on their campuses. And so that's, that's our model. Our model is to, to really kind of create a, a platform to empower them. Wow. So you guys are meeting once a week and reviewing, oh, yeah. reviewing a handful of startups. Does this happen all week, all year? Or is this all, just- you know, uh, during the semester. Yeah. So we do, a, we do a fall semester and we do a spring semester. Um, but wow. yeah, I mean, you know, students are incredibly busy, but, um, but the sessions together are really, really, uh, really focused and great. That's a lot of startups for one campus. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, so we cover a bunch of different campuses. So that's, you know, a big part of it too is we're not just looking at teams at MIT or Olin, but it's Northeastern, it's Babson. So right now we're, we're looking at startups, you know, all across Boston and actively expanding that work. So we've been spending a lot of time in New York and we've also backed, uh, backed teams out on the West Coast too. Got it. So you're based in New York, but a lot of the focus of Rough Draft is in the greater Boston area? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Boston. I spend... Uh, oh, you're in Boston. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. So I, <laughs> I'm i always in like a superposition of state. So <laughs> I'm, I'm in Boston every Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm in New York the rest of the week. And then I'm kind of wherever I need to be, whether it's out on the West Coast or on weekends for events and things like that. So wow. I spend time with both. Well, get to Chicago sometime. I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on this and uh, hopefully we can do something similar at some point in the Midwest. The best. Yeah. yeah I was in Chicago this past weekend. And I am very actively thinking about the role Rough Draft can play at uh, great universities there. Awesome. So these student-focused funds aren't new, uh, but they are growing at a fast rate. PitchBook found that as of 2016, there were 44 college-focused funds and investor groups, uh, many of which were new. Why do you think we're seeing this growth, Peter? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think uh, it, it's in, insanely encouraging and exciting to me uh, that more and more folks are kind of, you know, allocating resources and capital and focus and attention to what young people can do. I think it's a, a few things. So I think, you know, number one, a lot of the excitement around the outlier success of some of these companies that have come out of universities, I think is very, very uh, attractive and exciting. And I think that kind of inspires the next wave of entrepreneurs to pursue the same thing. So I think, Funds are paying attention to that. 
I think the second piece is really the, the, the amazing developments around university infrastructure, right? So you have more and more universities, you know, whether it be a Stanford or, you know, a Cornell, um, you have many, many universities that are, that are, are, are allocating, you know, more support classes, space for company creation to happen. So when you can have classes on campuses where basically the, the final project is to come up with a startup, there's great stuff that's bound to come out of that. And if the university is providing a space where those companies can work and, you know, you, you're just you're going to see a lot more kind of enthusiasm um, and acceleration now that universities are also doing even more to encourage it. So I think that's the second piece. And I think the third part is a lot of alumni networks have historically been angel investors and kind of found ad hoc ways to support great young entrepreneurs that are coming out of the, those alma maters. I think more of them are now coming together, joining forces to be either angel groups or, you know, kind of focused investment funds to really kind of, you know, create an even more focused effort around it. And so that kind of activity from the alumni and the interest in kind of it's almost like a pay it forward kind of model where it's, you know, you have amazing entrepreneurs that got so much support from their universities and, you know, they found their co-founder in their roommate, you know, their professor was their first advisor, you know, those entrepreneurs started their companies, call it 5, 10, 15 years ago, now they're in a position to kind of give more time back and oftentimes in, in the form of capital. So I'm really excited about it. Peter, are you familiar with uh, First Round's Dorm Room Fund? And if so, yeah. yeah. And if so, what are your thoughts on what they're doing? And also, how is it similar or different than uh, yeah. Rough Draft? Absolutely. Yeah. So we launched within a few weeks of each other. Uh, I'm a, really? I'm a, <laughs> and, yeah. I'm a huge fan of First Round and all the work that they do. And definitely, you know, we are kind of brothers and sisters in arms, uh, I sure. think, and kind of, you know, really helping kind of open up this opportunity. And so we've done a number of co-investments together, which I'm really excited about. And so if student teams need a little bit more access to capital, we can kind of come together and provide those teams, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars to help them get their start, you know, a team that could be graduating and they're rapidly scaling. So we're really excited about that. We do a number of events together. So I'm like always about um, kind of, you know, inviting in the members of their student team into a lot of our activity. And so I view us as totally shared ethos and kind of and perspective on just how huge of an opportunity this is. And I, I love the work that they do. And so I'm excited that I think a lot more folks are going to kind of join us in, in spending time with great young entrepreneurs on college campuses and helping them build companies. From what you've experienced, is their process similar to yours, or are they sort of employing a, a different uh, way of executing this? Maybe, you know, is it like a scout program? Are they? No, so they've got a very similar model. Yeah, which is okay. great. Um, you know, I think the, you know, some of the things that they do exceptionally well, I mean, the, the, the content that they create um, is just is amazing. And I think that they're doing a lot of, of educating around company building, around the, the opportunity, around these student narratives. And so some, that's something that I'm really inspired by and I really look up to. You know, they also, they have a, a good amount of activity out on the West Coast too, where we've been pretty laser focused here on the East Coast. And so it's been exciting to, to see a lot of the work that they've done out there, which we're starting to explore. Uh, but they've, they've managed to kind of, you know, make that a, a part of their focus early on. But yeah, no, we're, we're super, we're super, super, super similar especially in our interest in being very entrepreneur friendly and being very kind of, you know, simple, transparent and being really great, um, great kind of additions to the, the student community. 
So it sounds like you've got some some leaders and some ambassadors on cam- campus that are helping you push this forward. Um, how did you identify them and and sort of get them engaged in the, in the whole process? Yeah, so this is my favorite part, Nick. I'm going through this right now. This is like my absolute favorite is recruiting the student team. It's an opportunity for us to find the best engineers, the best student leaders, folks that are, you know, I'm always looking for the folks that are basically already engaged in, in, in helping give back to their, their community. They're the ones that are organizing the hackathons. They're oftentimes working on a startup. They've probably worked in startups or maybe even worked in venture. And so my favorite thing is to find these students because Rough Draft then acts as a way to kind of almost like amplify stuff that they were already doing, uh, just doing it in a much bigger way on their campus. And so every year I get to spend two months just meeting tons and tons and tons of amazing students. And then we, we make a decision and we choose, you know, one to two students for a handful of universities. And what's great is, you know, these we're also starting to see where these folks end up going after Rough Draft, right? So now that, you know, we've been running the program now for, for the past few years, now we kind of see, you know, what folks kind of graduate on to do from Rough Draft. And, you know, they go and they join venture firms. So, you know, they'll join a box group or they'll join startups. So we've got folks that are working at Snapchat, working at Instagram. Um, and so it's really awesome to see that, you know, they're their, their authenticity and kind of dedication to technology and, and, and being awesome members of the community is something that uh, we really look forward to. And, you know, a big part of what we do with Rough Draft is to, to basically find those folks and give them even more resources to help build up the ecosystems on their campuses. That's awesome. This sounds like quite a ride. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's the best. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. So while we're talking about students, uh, have you found that students are ready to be CEOs or are they requiring, you know, additional help, coaching, co-founders with more experience? You know, how have you found that? Yeah, well, I think uh, we the, the needs of a student entrepreneur bear some similarities to, to you know, entrepreneurs that are further uh, along in their career. Um, and in some ways, it's different. I think a number of, of students are, are, are ready to become CEOs. Um, you know, they are, they're often leaders in their own ways and in, in the work that they've done, whether it's on campus or in summer internships or even in high school. And so I think that there are a number of these 
founders that we're going to see emerge earlier and earlier on, right? Like I think we're going to see more and more, you know, freshmen and sophomores building companies and 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 creating teams um, sure. because they're able to get you know internships earlier and earlier and work on side projects earlier and earlier. You know, a few of the CEOs I get I have the privilege of working with. One of the teams that we backed very early on with Rough Draft is a company called Mark Forty Three. And the founder, Scott Crouch, is a classmate of mine, great friend of mine. And he has, you know, led his company from three people and an idea coming out of a class project to now 55 people based in New York. They've raised $40 million and they're building really, really amazing software to to empower the, the police department and give them, you know, software and tools to do their jobs. And if you ask Scott in that moment, back his senior year, you know, are you ready to be CEO? <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Um, But, you know, I think with resources, I think finding mentors and advisors early on can play a huge, huge, huge role. Um, But I also just think that the leadership and product talent are two kind of aspects and elements that I think students are able to access and cultivate earlier and earlier. And so I think we're going to see a lot more CEOs come out of universities. You know, we had Charles Hudson on the program of uh, Precursor and SoftTech. And... I think he said his single biggest regret is not backing every one of his fellow students at Stanford because they've gone oh. on to, you know, great startup successes. And I thought that was oh, interesting. I, I, th- I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm 100% on that page. I, I've got to tell you, the, the opportunity to, to support folks that you've known, that you've kind of seen really kind of grow and evolve and be leaders in their own ways. I mean, I think this is one of the things I'm, I, you know, I was so excited to, to do you know, as a part of Rough Draft as a student and also now, right? And so now I get that opportunity to, to continue to do that. And I think giving more students the opportunity to, to basically back in and support their smartest and most motivated peers, I think is something that, you know, is super, super rewarding. And I think it leads to, to big opportunities. So we've already kind of touched on this, but what are some of the biggest differences between your investment approach with the student fund and your approach with a, a non-student run startup through just maybe the general catalyst uh, model? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, this topic that we just talked about is one that definitely is a common thread across. You know, I've been very lucky to, to back entrepreneurs that I went to school with on the GC side. So I work with an amazing CEO, Ryan Williams, who runs a company called Cadre in our GC portfolio. And this is a B2B marketplace for commercial real estate here in New York, which I'm super excited about. So that's that's another instance where, you know, finding the the best CEOs and founders in the world, whether they're in your network or someone you get to know, I think is is a common theme uh, across Rough Draft and across uh, my work at uh, GC. I think another piece of it is, the, you know, the ability to pull together teams and seeing that skill and that talent early on is something very important for early stage investing across the board. And so we pay close attention to it on the rough draft front. So uh, oftentimes we, we look for folks that are being able to kind of bring together two, three folks on their team. They're the only thing more complicated than, you know, one student trying to balance school and a startup is that student convincing three or four other students to do the exact same thing, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, with a very limited budget with parents to consider and internships that they're turning down. And so, 
you know, the teams that are able to do that, I think are really special. And I think this, you know, the same thing on, on the venture front, an amazing founder that's able to pull together folks that are at their caliber, if not higher, very early on is, is something to always pay attention to. So, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the traits are, 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 are very, very similar. I think the biggest differences are probably center around really the, the amount of, of kind of traction and the amount of metrics that, that uh, these companies are often able to see early on. And so a lot of the, the work we do with Rough Draft, we're the first investors. We're often the first presentations these companies have ever done. And they often haven't even you know, gotten incorporated yet. And so that's a little bit different than the kind of like the seed and series A companies we, you know, we spend time with, uh, with a GC. And so I think there's a, a, an element of, you know, you see more kind of chapters of the story written uh, on the GC front. And so you, we have a lot more to analyze and a lot more to kind of build the, the investment thesis um, outside of just the founders, outside of just the market opportunity and outside of the, the early team, which is basically what we have to work with on the rough draft front. Got it. So you know, in, in my personal school experience, I did a lot of coding in undergrad, and then I went to business school. And I noticed from both of those experiences that a lot of the schools on campus were, were pretty siloed, uh, including their students. Mm. You know, how do you think about bridging the gap between the CS school and maybe the business school and the engineering schools and, and many of the other schools to get, you know, the right combination of folks working together? Okay, great part one discussion there with Peter. In part two of the episode, we're going to talk about the siloed nature of different schools on campus, whether it be engineering, law, business, and how Rough Draft has tried to bridge this gap between students that are often siloed. I also asked Peter if he's employing any sector or technology-driven thesis, and why or why not. We also talk about why this model can be attractive for LPs, We move on to discuss how they measure their success and the metrics that they use and if those metrics are the same for other more traditional funds. I'll also ask Peter if there's any missteps or mistakes that they've made throughout the process that they learn from and cause them to adapt their approach. And we'll wrap up with Peter's final advice for both investors and entrepreneurs that are looking to get more involved in the university context whether it be from an investment side, an entrepreneur side, or as a facilitator of the entire process. Stay tuned for part two coming out tomorrow with Peter Boyce of Rough Draft Ventures and General Catalyst. Until then, remember to overprepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me.